Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you and you do know that that is my favorite tagline of all time ever in the history of taglines. Every relationship begins with you and it is the truth because if you look at every relationship in your life, what does every relationship have in common? You. So since it's you that is in all of these relationships, look at each relationship that you have and tell me how they are. Now, here's the question. If you have really good relationships with most people, but the your partner and you are oil and water and it doesn't work. Hmm. Get to work. Why? Why? Why not? Right? You got to start digging. You got to figure it out because, you know, here's the thing about love, connection, partnership, marriage. It is a beautiful thing when it works. It can actually lengthen your life. Happily married couples live longer than unmarried people and most for sure longer than unhappily married people. That's for sure. So what you have to understand is that marriage relationships are, um, we each come to this dinner table with our own sets of ideals, problems, childhood issues that we have, coping mechanisms, all of these things. And they're not going to always gel with each your, your partner, right? You're going to probably trigger each other a lot. And um, you'll get in that fear dance, the drama triangle. Well, hopefully we're not in the drama triangle, but the fear dance will start. Um, you know, the power struggles, all of it. But here's the one thing that uh, about all of this is that when you are in all of these power struggles, when you are in this fear dance and you have nothing to fall back on, meaning there's no connection anywhere in this relationship, it's not going to work, right? So intimacy, and if you look at intimacy, it's in to me, you see, right? Intimacy, looking at your other person, your partner intimately, um, is super important. And there's so many different definitions of like intimacy, right? There's this emotional intimacy, that emotional connection, but you know, there's also the intimacy of the holding hands and all of those things are beautiful, but relationships need sex and they do. Sex is the most intimate thing you can do. Now, as I've said this like long ago, women don't want sex if they don't feel emotionally connected and sex makes men feel emotionally connected. So when your relationship is in trouble, you're that, that, that doesn't work very well. But you know what? That is a very black and white way, way of looking at it, isn't it? Isn't that like really black and white? There's no gray area there. There's no room for like, okay, what's some compromise? Where can we open up? What, you know... Let's look, let's look at why we are not intimate sexually, because there's, there's so many reasons why there is not sexual intimacy and yeah, there could be just not sexually attracted, but why are you no longer sexually attracted? You know, and don't please say to me, well, my wife or husband gained a lot of weight, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm, I, I want to get down into real, not that that's not real, 
Okay, but I want to I want to start getting into different ways people express themselves, and you know the the intimacy begins in a relationship when we basically start choosing each other again and again and again, right? And we basically are commute you know creating our own little community here. But as we create this community together, as we keep choosing each other again and again, and we move into each other with each other we start seeing some of the differences between us, right? And if you think about this, I want you to th you know, think about your current partner, your marriage, your spouse, whatever it is, and think, think of three things that you thought or three habits that your partner has that are really um, offensive to you, annoying, disgusting, whatever it is, okay? Um, and then I want you to ask yourself, well, how did I, how did I start to be okay with that? How did I learn to live with that? And if you didn't learn to live with those annoying habits, then that's a whole other podcast <laughs> because yeah, those have to be learned to live with if you want this successful marriage, but that's a different podcast. So anyways, um, what happens is though, as you learn to accept those habits, those things that annoy you of your partner and everything else, excuse me. You're basically entering into each person's world of their habit, right? And then it becomes familiar, familiar to you too. And what does familiarity do? Well, it reassures us that this is our connection. We're familiar with each other. This is our community. This is where we live, okay? And that, what does that do? That Well, that fosters a sense of security. And so then this growing familiarity with one another signals what? Freedom. From constraint, freedom from, you know, uh, ceremony, freedom from having to, you know, part of the dating stuff, right? But yet, that, that unceremoniousness, <laughs> which seems to be a welcome feature of some, you know, intimacy because you are intimately together, knowing each other, accepting each other, it's also proven that it is an anti-aphrodisiac as well, right? So what do you do, right? So, you know, we keep sharing, we keep listening, we keep comparing, we keep, you know, learning about each other, our families, our history, we, our values, and you know what? And you think everything is going well. And I can't tell me how many times somebody's come to me and said, yeah, they're fine. We've moved in together. We get along great. She or he is beautiful. They're smart. You know what? I really love her or I really love him, but we don't have sex. But we don't have sex. Oh boy. Okay. It's a sexless relationship is the breeding ground for emotional affairs, affairs for yeah, looking outside the marriage. And it's not a good, um, it's not going to have long-lasting connection. It's not going to have a long-lasting um, commitment to one another, right? So, you know, ger you know, verbal communication is key to a good sex life. It is, you know, when you share your thoughts, your emotions freely throughout the day, you know, there's a high degree of trust and, you know, that emotional connection that gives you guys the freedom to explore sexuality, you know, more freely and 
And but what happens is that intimacy also begets sexuality, right? Because when you are feeling accepted, when you're swaddled in this safety, you know, that trust that comes with this um, emotional clo closeness enables, you know, us to unleash our erotic, what's uh, the word I could use, appetites, right? So, um, but what happens when that doesn't happen? What happens when you have a beautiful, intimate, loving relationship, you communicate well, and according to what I just said, you're supposed to have this, you know, sustained desire for one another. But all of a sudden, ironically, that intimacy is working against you, right? So you have an increased emotional intimacy, but you have this decreased sexual desire. Does this sound like you? And it's very puzzling, right? See, you know, let's break down desire. So desire is... Um, uh, an unintentional consequence of the creation of um, something, right? I have a desire to do this. I have a desire to do that. I have a desire to have sex with my partner, okay? And, um, but when you don't have that desire to have sex with your partner, that closeness that you have in our experience based on those good communications and all of that, it actually um, frustrates the sex life. Right. Ugh, oh no. What do you do? Right? What do you do? Because you've got to understand that sex is a huge part of the relationship. It is. I'm not saying there's some couples that are happy with very little sex or no sex, right? Some are, but many aren't. So here's the thing. Love rests on two pillars, surrender and autonomy. So what that means is our need, you know, for togetherness exists and our need for separateness exists. I need to be autonomous in my relationship. I have to have me, be. I have to be separate and I need also a relational, right? And if there's too much distance, there's no connection. But too much merging, okay, eradicates that separateness. So there's no longer two distinct individuals. Then, guess what? There's nothing to transcend. There's no bridge to walk on, no one to visit on the other side. So when two become one, the connection can no longer happen. There's no one to connect with. So for me and to me and what I tell people is this. Separateness is a precondition for connection. It's a, the essential paradox of intimacy and sex. So if you don't have anything outside of your marriage or relationship, that means you're not autonomous. And you're not separate. You just want to be connected and meshed with your partner all the time. And that doesn't lead to a sexual desire, right? So it's this dual need for connection and independence, you know, that how do we find this, you know, basically delicate balance? How do we find that balance? 
So our 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 need for closeness is 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 basic as our need for food. Okay, and um, but we want closeness, but not so much that we feel trapped by it. So I'm going to say that again. We want closeness, but we don't want to be trapped by it. I do not want to be trapped by closeness, but I want to be close. I do not want to see or have somebody all over me all the time. Always only talking to me. Always only, you know, connected like that. No. And guess what? Most people don't, except unless you are severely codependent or something like that, right? So um, when you feel relatively safe, right, um, and those boundaries are very defined and you're new to each other and you haven't really taken on, you know, full residence with each other yet, you have two distinct entities. So it's all that space, okay, between you and that other person, that creates that desire to be with that other person sexually. See, you're enthralled by that encounter. You can't wait because you have not yet consolidated the relationship. So you can, you know what? Focus on the connection because the psychological distance is there, right? So it's a part of the structure. And you do not you know, want to or need to cultivate, you know, separateness in the beginning because you're still separate, right? So you don't have to worry about that because you're going home and you're like, oh, that was the best night. Oh my God, he's such a good kisser. <gasps> I can't stop thinking about him. And then ding, ding, the text comes in. Ah! You're dying. You're literally like, oh my God, right? Think about back to those times in the early days of massively sexually attracted to your partner. There was a separateness. There was an excitement, right? So as you enjoy that built-in distance, right? It basically allows you to experience love and desire freely, okay? So now what happens if you are, um, intimacy feels threatening to you, that intimacy feels like it's a threat of entrapment, right? So, and that's what happens with a lot of my clients. So, you know, um, I had a client, he grew up with an alcoholic, abusive father, right? Um, and what happens with anybody that grows up with an abusive alcoholic father or mother? We are very attuned to their moods, right? We know exactly what's going on. Now, he had a mother, right, who was basically, um, you know, didn't, she was didn't have a life outside the house and she was abused by her alcoholic husband. So he was attuned to his father's moods and to his mother's sadness. So she he became her emotional caretaker, right? And he was her hope, her solace, okay? And um, basically she would thought she would be miserable without her son. And, you know, people that grow up in these households are often... Um, uh, basically, they, they become the caregiver, right, of that parent. And your deep is your love for that parent is very, very deep, right? But there's also what comes with that love of loving your parent who is sad all the time, you know, because the alcoholic abuse of husband or wife. Well, it becomes a burden. 
you have a sense of being it's burdensome right so for 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 early on what do you learn that you know what um love becomes is about responsibility and obligation and even when you crave that sense of closeness of intimacy right you don't know how to experience it in a way that does not feel confining so when people like that are fear entrapment when you're living in two different households it's fine right because you're you're you don't feel confined and so but when you become into that household with somebody you start to be feel entrapped because of everything that i just said okay and so and by the way having an unhappy childhood is you know is not just the prerequisite for you know um having uh, this fear of being entrapped fear of intimacy i guess you could say um now okay so now when you are in the house you've moved in with your person there's a weightness on you and it feels really overbearing now what leaves what leaves is the the, the freedom and the spontaneity that you used to have your autonomy and now you feel trapped by the intimacy. Why? Because that love reminded him of what? That now it's a mother. It's a mother he has to, that who comes with the burden of taking care of her. So as his um, emotional involvement with girlfriends would open and, and deepen, he felt exasperated. And the more he cared about them, the less... He lusted after them. So it's this predicament of erotic shutdowns. Like basically just can't, just that's not working very well down there, right? Um, well, why? Because there's a mental block for him. It feels heavy. That love with her feels heavy heavy it feels burdensome burden burdensome he feels trapped feels just like he's taking care of his mother right now here's the thing can great sex bring them close yes it does it can right and it creates that immediate connection right it's wonderful it's beautiful um but here's the problem. You go right back to that same mindset. And it gets harder and harder and harder instead of easier and easier and easier. And you stay away from it. So, my gosh, what do you do? Right? What do you do? Well, there's a lot. And I'll get into that a different day. But here's the problem. So who is, let's talk about who do you think he's attracted to, right? Who, who is the woman that he becomes attracted to? You know, is somebody that, well, everything became about him. All she wanted to do was please him. And she was constantly ready to you know what? Give up anything that might come between them. Now that created more of an emotional burden for him. It's, it further exasperated the sexual withdrawal. And 
yeah, the sex wasn't happening. It's, it's basically hard to feel attracted to anybody that has, you know what, abandoned their sense of autonomy. And she abandoned her sense of autonomy. He could love her, but it was much harder to desire her. See, sexual desire does not obey these laws that maintains peace and contentment between partners, okay? Um, a harmonious relationship doesn't always create um, this sexual desire. What I want you to understand is that what, what, what do you think I would have, could have, let, let me go back. What do you think I would have done with these guys? What do you think I would have done, right? Okay, what, what do you think it would have been? Well, one, obviously you know this. I'll just, just to give a little bit of a quick synopsis here. I, she needed to get her own life. She needed to become autonomous, but he also needed to relieve the burden of his past childhood. And by the way, yes, her, she had a lot of codependency in there. And so, of course, they each had to heal that. But I see this same scenario over and over with other people that don't have those exact wound, their wound mates, right? There's trauma bonding there. And the most important thing I can tell you right now today, what I want you to understand is a sexual desire and intimacy are two different things and you need both in the relationship. You need both. And if you have a relationship where it's only relational and there's no open space in between the two of you to come together and sexually desire each other lustfully, you're in trouble. Especially if there's any childhood trauma and wounding attached to it. So what that means is you have to learn how to be autonomous and relational. And what do I always tell people? What's self-love? It's meaning I love myself so much. I can take care of myself. I don't need anybody for anything. I can give you, I can give myself everything I need. I want you in my life. Not because I need you, because I love you and I desire you, but I have my own shit going on. <laughs> and when we come together, oh boy, it is going to be good. But I need my own life. And people that want to know what self-love is, there you go. You know, there's a million different ways I could explain it. Yeah, you know your worth, you know, blah, blah, blah. But basically it's this. You meet all of your needs and you need nobody else to meet them. But you desire another person because you want that connection. And so then and only then can there be this sexual desire between the two people. Two autonomous people that have given each other, given themselves what they need. They don't need the other, but when they come together, they supply the other one with love and passion and empathy and compassion. And then they also have that autonomous life. That's the real deal. More good stuff coming up here on Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. So many good things. The month of May is going to be fabulous because we are talking literally, this is the month of sex. We're talking sex and we're talking affairs the next two months. Actually, May and June. Sex, affairs, intimacy, 
sex affairs intimacy intimacy affairs sex affairs intimacy sex affairs sex intimacy Woo! until next time hey oh by the way start start today journey healing through journaling i just had somebody write me and they said they just finished and they're like oh heather oh my god you want to call the right person in then start healing through journaling the uh link to register learn more and start today is in the show notes. Until next time. Bye.